up, Shay? How you doing? Hi, I'm Shay. Hi, how are Hi, you? Hi, Shay. Mm-hmm. Welcome to um, Uncooked Poetry Podcast. Thank you for being yeah. here with us. Thank you, Bob. Um, you're welcome. Uh, before we start, can we get a little background about you? Um, I know you're from the Bronx, but that's pretty much all I know. Hi, I'm Shay, the poet from the Bronx. Um, I'm, I just turned 23. My birthday was May 9th, so tourist season is always a go. Woo. Oh, snap. Woo. <laughs> um. I have a book coming out very soon. I'm a part of an amazing podcast. I'm a part of an amazing poetry team. I have an amazing manager. Um, I feel like my poetry speaks for itself. I'm Bronx-based. Mm-hmm. I also teach slash tutor pre-calc at a charter school that I attended, which is always amazing. Nice. Um, I love giving back. I love being me. Nice. That's amazing. I uh, Yes, I do think that your poetry is very... Uh, expressive. I really, really fucking love your poetry. And you can cuss on here. You can say whatever the fuck you want. We don't care. Oh, thank you. You know, I always, that's so hilarious because usually, like, when I get on, I always be like, hey, do we have any, like, right? Can we cuss it out or? No, we drink wine here. We cuss. We say whatever. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So I was reading, reading, I was listening to your poetry. Yes. One poem definitely caught my attention. And that was um, Counting. Oh. Holy shit. I love that poem. First of all, those of you who haven't seen it, um, her Instagram is in the chat. Um, her Instagram is in the thing, so go check that out right now. But the way that you went, skipped from 11 to 13, then went back to 12, that shit fucked me up. It was genius. Um, Great, great story about that. So uh-huh. um, I don't know if you know Rudy Francisco. But Rudy uh, no. Francisco, I got that lip. I'm not even gonna lie, I got that from him. He has this poem. He's talking about um this girl and how like they broke up like mm-hmm. like and then she was just like you know but his way a lot different but definitely and I thought that like the counting of the numbers they're actually explaining especially like as women especially trying to go back and forth and pinpoint certain things of but yeah that was that was definitely like my counting I wrote counting two years ago you did that two years ago I wrote counting two years ago um just some like on some expressive stuff. Like I was going through a rocky point in a relationship I was in and I was like, this would work. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of um, your relationship. So um, you talk a lot about very personal topics. Is that a conscious decision you do or do you just um, go where the poem takes you? Uh, A little bit of both. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm a part of an amazing poetry team. So sometimes we have prompts, sometimes we have things that we should talk about, but usually it's somewhat based on something that I've been through. Like it's something that I've been through and maybe either I heighten my feelings or I pinpoint something to really focus on and then go from there. Mm -hmm. But a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, can we hop into a, a poem? Of course, because you love counting, I have to do counting. It only yes, please do. I love that poem. That I'm up here with everyone. Yes. Okay. So let me let me adjust this right so that I don't fall or mess anything up or mess anything. Okay. Cool. So one, I tend to blame all of my problems on me. Two, but I think it's constant reassurance that I need. Three, I've never hated someone as much as I hate you. Three, I've never loved someone as much as I love you. Three, you disgust me. 
four, you're the first person I've ever trusted. So betrayal felt different coming from you. Four, fuck you, five. Is it possible to have all these mixed feelings? Six, I know that you love her. Six, tell me how she was. Six, actually don't. Six is the devil's number, so I'm not surprised that I got stuck here. Seven, I'm in love with you. Eight, I wish I could be vulnerable with you so you could see things the way that I do. Eight, I wish I could stop loving you. Eight, but I truly don't want to. Eight, but I guess I'm responsible for that too. Nine, you are the most selfish nigga that I ever knew. Nine, and I chose to stay with you. Ten, you took advantage of me. Ten, you'll never find a girl that loves you like me. Twelve, you're so deceiving. Twelve, you're so manipulative. Twelve, I wish I could leave you. Twelve, maybe I don't want that. 11, I skip numbers when I get mad. 11, I hate you. 11, no, I don't mean that. 13, you are the first person that brings up this kind of anger in me. So I guess I have to accept the fact that I'm a fool for you and I fall for all the stupid shit that you do. But now I'm embarrassed because I guess the world can see it too. 13, thank you. Lord have mercy. Okay. Listen. I look, I knew I had to come up here and do some poems, but let me tell you, I ain't practiced nothing. I woke up at like 6 30 and I was like, all right, I got a podcast to do. Let's let's do something. Wow. Buddy, 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 buddy. Oh man. Um, first of all, I love that poem. I love the honesty in that poem because that's you know, that's one of our jobs as poets, which is to dig within ourselves and be as honest as we can. So uh, we can help those who are listening find their true selves. You know, that's that's one of the jobs of the poet. And I think it is absolutely amazing how you dug within yourself and pulled out these pieces that are so honest and so just guttural, oh, just oh. like, yes, just right there in your fucking hand. Just that's hilarious because because of counting. So I mentioned a girl, you know, mm -hmm. like I mentioned, like I wish you would just stay with her. I wish, you know, you mm -hmm. would just leave me alone. So I wrote a poem that's called like when I, like December, probably of 2019, mm -hmm. I wrote, so to the girl who slept with my ex-boyfriend 30 days after we got together, I wrote you something. And it was definitely like my, my counting to her. Shit. Yeah. So I definitely am in like the the business of writing super, super like vulnerable things. I like, I, I just started like working on more like, catchy things mm -hmm. so like things with more schemes and, and works of stuff and like putting my words together but i think i'm a very like expressive writer so mm -hmm. like my emotions always come out and and what i'm writing and what i'm doing so yeah yes absolutely um so your listen your metaphors are phenomenal okay your metaphors are very visual um mm -hmm. how does that process work for you how do you find like the the right metaphor to fit the right sentence in a poem um, between they come to me or I think of the metaphor first, mm -hmm. like I think about things that I would want to compare or how they would compare. And then I build it off that. So it's usually like really backwards. Like usually people write like how they feel and then like, okay, metaphor and this would go with it. It's mm -hmm. more like metaphor. How would this portray how I feel? <laughs> nice. So nice. It flows better because sometimes when you like put the metaphor after, it seems like you're forcing the, mm. the the comparison. Like you're looking at it, it's like, oh, you know, like this, oh, that, that would make sense. But I feel like when you started off with it, it's like, oh, this led you into how you felt. So I think. Nice. 
So you also do a lot of uh, positive um, affirmations and positive talking on your uh, Instagram. Is that something that you've always wanted to do or is that just something that is a, a part of you? Um, So funny. So I work with 12th graders and I know I look like a 12th grader. So it's like, how do you do that? <laughs> but I work with 12th graders. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's just, it's good. When I'm 40, I'm going to look 25. It's gonna, Same. I, I see it coming. I just got to wait mm -hmm. my... <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, one of my old teachers, I work at a high school. I work at the high school that I actually went to. Cool. Cool as, cool as hell. Dope as hell. But, um, my teacher this morning was like, I love being around you because you just have this radiant energy about you that makes people want to talk to you. So like, I've been through a lot from October, 2019 to about now that has like, definitely been real like generally probably the lowest points of my life mm -hmm. so it's been a lot of like dipping a lot of like Oof, I don't know if I could do this I don't know if I really want to write I don't know if I really want to do poetry anymore mm -hmm. but I think that it is so important to be around people with like positive minds and positive head spaces like you're gonna win some you're gonna lose some you're gonna be in a space where you're just like oh no I can't do this I hate everything about this mm -hmm. and I think to hear like to hear that somebody was at the bottom and and made it definitely puts you in a different headspace to go out there so I feel like I get to be that person like I get to be the person that goes hey I was there like I, I was at rock bottom it was literally if I went any further down, it was the center of the earth. Like, so it's just like, hey, we're at the floor. Let's see where we can go. So I definitely try to, I don't even try to do the positive affirmations. I just feel like I need them today. So maybe <laughs> hopefully somebody else need it. Like it really be for me. But people will be like, oh my God, I was there. Like I did everything. Like I wrote this poem called The Ode to My Hair and I dropped it last night. And I thought that nobody would be able to well I didn't think nobody I just thought that it would be like a, a strictly woman kind of thing like mm -hmm. it was about me cutting off all my hair mm -hmm. so I was like man I'm not gonna get you know like people aren't really gonna like resonate with this one this was probably just for me or whatever and I had so many women so many men like so many mm -hmm. like guys who have single fathers who have daughters and like mm -hmm. they talk about hair frustrations with their daughters and they're like yo I didn't think that my daughter would feel like this and I'm doing this because of the things I know. So I just thought that my daughter just wanted long hair. So I'm doing everything to make sure that her hair grows. But my daughter's like, I don't want this, dad. I don't like that. And then women are like, I respect your hair journey so much. It's been so many times I went to this hoop. And then I was just like, no, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> so it was it was definitely pretty bomb. Damn. Uh, can we hear that poem? Are you? Uh... Of course. Yes, yes. Thank um, you. So this is the ode to my hair. So I used to associate hair with beauty. So I thought that the longer my hair, the more beautiful I would be. So with every wig I bought, I weaved in some insecurity. Attaching every extension left me with little recollection of where I come from. So last summer, I went natural. So I could see the beauty in me. Bearing my investment into curly-headed products because this is supposed to show me who I could be. Fun fact, I can't braid. So you could only imagine my reaction when I found out that I needed that to maintain this natural wave. So now I'm stuck between this ideal version of me and my reality. I mean, my hair curled up real pretty when wet, but then poofed up in humidity. It was almost like a mirror reflection of me. It was a process that I just couldn't believe. So I thought that YouTube would save me. 
I thought it would show me the deeper levels of the insecurity embedded inside of me. Excuse me. I mean, I thought it would teach me how to deep condition my hair until I saw my own beauty. You see, my hair needed to curl. I figured it would show some kind of waves of self-identity. So I began to two-strand twist every area of self-doubt with my ideal versions of beauty. I bantu knotted away all the self-hate and tucked it under every smile. I put my hair in a ponytail and I just so happened to uplift all the negative comments people had to say. So about two months ago, I cut off all my hair. Call it an early life crisis. Call it a cry for help. Or maybe I found out that the only correlation that I ever had to being beautiful was me being myself. Mm. I tied that to better understanding my mental health because you see, my hair has no correlation to beauty. Only the improvements of myself. So this is the ode to my hair. So to my hair, I'm happy we part ways. I think I'm beautiful this way. Listen, okay, first of all, I went natural to see the beauty in me. Oh my God, I love that line. I love that line. That should be like every little black girl should like have that, like just just in her backpack. I agree. I think like, especially like being black is like so amazing. It's mm -hmm. so amazing. And it's like so filled with so much self-identity. I feel like growing up hair was such a thing. Like it, it's such a thing. Like you just had to have long hair. It was a thing. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, now it's a lot better because we're accepting so many more curl patterns. We're doing this, we're doing that. Like my mom, and me and my mom were having this conversation the other day because my mom took me to the salon every mm -hmm. two weeks. I couldn't, I could not have a wash and set in my hair or maybe like my mom, she used to braid. So she did some really cute braids. And when I took that out, it was a wash and set. It was, mm -hmm. you keep your hair straight, you keep your, and I've always had curly hair. And my yeah. mom didn't. And my mom never permed my hair, never anything. But it was always so frustrating because it was just like, I didn't have anyone to teach me. I didn't have anyone to help me. I didn't have anyone to do anything. And then by the time I got to college, I I met my friend and she did weaves. So it was just like, oh, I'll just throw a weave in my head and I'll do the whatever. Yeah. It's going to yeah. last long enough. It's going to get me there, get me home. I won't <laughs> worry about it. And then it was like, I, I, but I realized I loved my hair. Like when it was out, I just adored it. I thought it was amazing. And then last summer when I went natural, I, I, it was, it was so much heat damage. It was just so much blow drying me doing shit that why not? Like, you know, I had enough hair. I put it in a ponytail, leave it out curly, not really doing anything to take care of it. So my aunt, God rest her soul. She passed away February, 2021. So, oh, so I know she's looking down at me right now, like stop talking shit. But anyway, um, my <laughs> aunt always used to say, you don't know how beautiful you are until you cut off your hair. And she died. And literally the next day I looked at my mom and I said, I'm gonna cut off all my hair. And my mom was like, okay. So like, I, I got like the swoop bang and I hated it. Like literally for like two days. I had it for two days. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. So I cut it more. And then I got to like this, this little like cute little fro thing. Yeah, it's a dark. I was like, no, cut it more. Then like I went to the barber shop and literally like got it cut, cut. And I was like, okay, I like this. I can do this. Okay. And that's it. Like that's the story. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, this other line, um, two strand twist every area of self-doubt. 
What in the fuck? That was fun. Oh my God. I <laughs> love that so much. That That's what I'm talking about. Like when I saw your Instagram, I was just scrolling through Instagram, like trying to find poets. And I came across your site. I came across your page and I listened to a poem. I was like, damn, that's just tight. And I listened to another. I was like, damn, that's just tight. I was, I was damn, this shit is tight. Thank you. Thank you. That was so good. So where do you find, um, you, you perform your poetry, right? Yes. Have you... How do you feel when you step on stage and perform your poetry rather than um, reading it to a friend? How do you find that that thing inside of you that just wants to burst when you get on stage? Funny thing, um, I always knew I was meant to perform. Always. Mm -hmm. I think from the moment um, I came home, I was away at school. I came home 2019. Um, the first thing I did was touch the stage and it felt like home. Mm -hmm. uh, I performed in front of Maui underscore W. Like she's a big poet in Philly. Um, mm -hmm. Has a bunch of books. She's amazing. Um, she writes about a bunch of love poems. I watched her for months, and then I went to Philly to watch her perform, and I knew damn near every poem. And I laughed and giggled, and I was like, okay. I came home, and I was like, I could do this. Mm -hmm. I touched the stage, and it was the first place that I just. I just felt like I belong. I haven't had stage fright. I don't get nervous. It, it you just, don't get nervous? I don't get nervous. I've performed in front of 1,500 people. I led a protest in June, literally screaming poetry with no mic. I've performed in front of rappers, in front of big names. I don't get nervous. I feel like this is where I belong. This is where you belong. You found your thing. You found your niche. I found my thing. So it's you just, found your thing. I just you found excited. You fucking did. Yeah. This yeah, is I, yeah, I get excited and it's so funny because like when I get booked for shows and everything, like people, sometimes people book me and like they go through it, but they don't really like listen to me. So like they see me and they're just like, oh, she's just cute. She's adorable. Go ahead. Nah. Put it right there. And like they put me first and stuff like that. And literally by the time I get up to stage, people are like, she's the They right put you first? First. I would never put you first. People do it all the time. And people be like, and it's literally... And they'll go to book me the second time and they'll be like, Yeah, I won't make that mistake twice. Yeah, because no. The first time that people be like, I'm not going after her. I'm not doing this with you guys. And I'll just, no. I'll be like, and I'm so supportive. No, go. We want to hear you. No, I'm not playing with y'all. I'm not going after her. I, is she gonna go last again? I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Sorry. I thought I was just trying to perform my art. I just thought we were. Right. Uh, what's up, Marie? Thank you for uh, staying with us. And what's up, Collier? Uh, she said hi to you. She hey, said, uh, that's my Shay. So you're her Shay. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> uh, so, oh, I just asked you. You know what? I want to ask you this question. Um, some of your poems are very lively. Do you have a background in theater or acting? And if not, do you have plans to pursue theater or acting? Um, I, when I was in like third grade, I was in like plays and stuff, Yeah, <laughs> but nothing like recently. Um, I, I never thought about it, so I can't even give you a direct answer for that, but maybe. Okay. I, I, just, like, I, play, I like musicals. I enjoy musicals so much. Yes. I love I musicals. Love, I love him. I love Hamilton. I love Hairspray. I love Dreamgirls. Hairspray is a shit. Dreamgirls is a shit. I, yo, somebody was trying to tell me Dreamgirls was a whack movie. Though. <gasps> yo, I was baffled. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. No. That's it. All I'm saying is that Beyonce was the villain. But that's fine. You know, things happen. 
things happen. She was a little. She was the villain. I'm tired of them. It's hard to say it out loud, but yes. She was unpopular opinion. Beyonce was the villain. Like she's seen uh, Jamie Foxx and Jennifer Hudson together and she started sleeping with the man and not caring. She was the villain. She was the villain. We're old enough to understand. She's the villain. (laughs) Hey, Jamie. uh, He said acting is so fun. Do it. Oh, okay. It is. Acting is, is really fun. Um, I have a question I want to ask you. Um, who was the first person to believe in you as a poet? And how did that belief empower you, if at all? Um, okay. Again, um, in 2019, I lost my uncle. Mm-hmm. And me and my uncle were the bestest of best friends. Like, mm-hmm. literally my best friend, my dad, my everything I could ever want. And when I started poetry... I told, that's my funny because I have a poem that's like, if, when I started poetry, people told me that God gave me something beautiful to put light in my hands and craft my pain into something undisputable. You're gifted. And I got that line from him because he would sit there and he's like, yo, this, you're going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Listen to me when I tell you, you're going to go somewhere. And I'm like, uncle, there's a million poets in the world and they're, 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 they've done so much and they do so much. And poetry is a small business and everybody doesn't make it. And he, look at me, you're gifted. And it took me so long to really understand that. Like I got a poetry team and I just thought that they, and they are phenomenal people, like mm-hmm. phenomenal inside, poetically amazing. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I belong here. And then they were like, no, you definitely belong here. Like if it's anybody that belongs here. So it took me a, a little while to believe in myself. I think like, mm-hmm around the time quarantine started i want to say like march end of marchish early april mm-hmm. i was probably working harder than ever before mm-hmm. like i was on 10 lives a night i was literally like bouncing i'm like i'm gonna make myself known i'm gonna try i'm gonna practice like i would be in my house literally walking around pacing <laughs> poetry walking from yes food practicing <laughs> rehearsal and like our thing is you don't you rehearse like you on that stage every single time. You don't never just say it to get through it. You don't never just babble it through. You rehearse like there's a million people looking at you trying to figure out what your message is. So I was sitting there and I'm I'm rehearsing. I'm screaming. I'm yelling. I'm getting out all my emotions. I'm I'm trying over and over again. So yeah, Snap. my uncle's definitely the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, that poem that you're referencing, um, can we hear that? Oh, of course. So, I never wish the life of a poet on anyone else. When I started poetry, people told me that God gave me something beautiful. To put light in my hands and craft my pain into something undisputable, you're gifted. They told me that when he created me, he took special time on my hands to remind me that it that there is beauty in the most dangerous things. But no one ever told me that my hands would ache with every heartbreak. That pain would, that depression would stain my pages. That anxiety would come into bullying. To uh, I gotta start that over. I'm so it's sorry. Right, it's all right. No worries. All right. So when I started poetry, people told me that God gave me something beautiful to put light in my hands and craft my pain into something undisputable. You're gifted. They told me that when he created me, he took special time on my hands to remind me that there is beauty in the most dangerous things. But no one ever told me that my hands would ache with every heartbreak. 
that depression would stain my pages, that my anxiety would start would come in and fight dirty before the match even begin. You know, tunnel vision only works if there's a light at the end. Or maybe God is asking me to find the light within, but everything is not beautiful. From the pain I experienced to the shit that normal people just wouldn't go through. You know, the day that I lost my uncle, my voice was robbed. That gunpoint disappeared for three days. But before it left, it told my hands not to put in a paid vacation. That this moment needed to be documented. That there was beauty and madness. Hmm. To be a poet, I have to tell you my trauma. To tell you my trauma, I have to relive it. And that's poetry to you. Stripping people of everything magical. Poetry is beauty to you. You love the bruises that paint my back, the blood that runs through my veins. You want me to use my blood as the ink to my pen to create these stains. And yes, they are permanent. As if my pen could part seas, as if my trauma could give you exactly what you need, just enough to set your soul free. So tell me what you see when you hear my art come from me. Thank you. God damn it. Whew, that one is an oldie. That one is an oldie. That one might really need some rehearsal. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay. First of all, somebody put it in the chat and they should have. Um, uh, Spades Lund. What's up, Spades? Um, Hi, Spades. They said that tunnel line is tough. Listen, tunnel vision only works if there's light at the end. If not, you're only just walking in a dark space, baby. Boy, oh boy. Listen, I don't know. Uh, uh, they were right, okay? <laughs> they you were right. made for poetry. This is what you should be doing. That line was tough, buddy. That line was tough. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I love that so much. Um, my pen could part seize. You're goddamn right. Uh, speaking of pen or pencil, um, how do you write? Do you use a pen or pencil? Notepad. I take my notes. Um, I take my notes everywhere I go. Like right? My, yes. Yeah, my notes is on my phone and I feel really bad about that. I always tell myself I'm going to get a journal because I walk around with a bag. So it's only right that I carry a journal in my bag because what if my phone dies and yeah. people be like, hey, like, look up like your most recent poem. I couldn't tell you. Like, I just was recently writing a love poem and I was just like, oh, this is cute. Like, this is cute. This is something I should write. But oh my gosh. Uh, so Collier said, come through shade. T, let's pack that. <laughs> Um, Marie said lines and no lines on the paper. Ooh, question. Cause I only write on, um, you said that you only write on your phone, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I only write on paper, unlined paper. I hate, hate lined paper. It drives me nuts. I just, I can't have lines at I'm all. I'm left-handed. So I feel like no line paper would kill me cause I can't write straight. Like I already <laughs> write the book sideways. So it's definitely going to come down. But it will probably be, I have this one poem when I used to actually write on paper. Mm -hmm. I have this one poem that I wrote and I made it into a house. But like, That's yeah, tight. I write it into a house. And the poem was about like my family foundation. So it's like, it starts up here and then, and then it comes down. I love that. Have I you ever, um, visual, no, visuals are cool. Yeah, sorry. Yes, yes. Um, have you ever written backwards just to see it in the mirror? No, but that would be fire. It's really fun. It's it's a weird um, kind of exercise, but um, writing backwards and then trying to read it through the mirror, it's it's just it's a weird shit idea. <laughs> Crazy thing. All right, so uh, if I write a poem, right, mm -hmm. I have one day to memorize that poem. If I do not memorize it in that one day, it won't be memorized. It doesn't work with my making sense like I know that that sounds crazy but it doesn't make sense to me no it makes sense when I write things 
the first four lines I grasp instantly, mm-hmm. like instantaneously. Like I have this, um, hold on. And this is a snippet guys, please bear with me. Hopefully it goes right. If I could, I would strip the red off the American flag because the red is the blood of my people. No, fuck that. I'm not writing another sad black poem. America wants a war. All right, they got it. I'll load the clip. Give patriotism the Ten Commandments and then put them on a crucifix so that cops got to pray that God help them see it through this shit. And that's all I remember. But that's the... God damn it, Shay. God help them see it through this shit. Oh, man. I really kind of wish I knew the next line because I know it's fire. That God help them see this shit, man. If I could, I wish to direct the American flag because I read it. The blood of my people, no fuck that. And I write another sad black poem. America wants a war. All right, they got it. I'll load the clip. Give patriotism to take a members and put, it, put them that the pigs have to help them see it through this shit. Mm. No, I that was perfect, man. <laughs> perfect. I love. I love. I really love in a poem when um, a poet starts the way that you just did. You know, talking about the the red and the flag, and then like, nah, we're not talking about that. Not doing. You know, it. We're not like, doing. You know, seeing the left coming, I think, makes the poem not just more honest, but it's not that it's easier to follow, but it makes, it kind of gets the audience like, oh shit, well, where are we going? If we're not going to talk about this, like, what are we going to talk about? I love that. I love that so much. Definitely. I have a lot of like, um, you know, being black and everything that we've been going through, um, hmm. I definitely just gave up on watching black traumas and I encourage everybody to do the same, like. Yeah, even if y'all gotta write y'all strongly with another to Netflix, um, I'm just I'm I'm done with it. Like I'm done battling reality and then mm-hmm. coming home to try to oh, and then coming home to try to sit down and watch TV mm-hmm. and I have to see everybody that looks like me dying. Word. So I have so many like black poems. Like I have four brothers to my unborn black son. Um, just like a bunch of things that like are a real um Damn, I have another one that why can't I think of it? Okay, whatever. Whatever. Okay. It's another one out there. But um, yeah, so this poem that I wrote was basically more so like, no, fuck that. Like, no, I'm not, you can't get another I I wish for peace and prosperity. I'm I'm hoping that y'all help us. No, fuck y'all. <laughs> no, fuck y'all. And that and that's just what it's gonna be. So yeah. Yes. Love that so much. Oh my gosh. Uh, sorry, my cat has found a fly and it's about to get real crazy up in here. Real quick, it's perfectly fine. My dog be bugging. My dog, I have to put him out for things because he likes to be the center of attention. He right. thinks, yeah, he thinks the show is about him. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm just going to ask it. Um, how has performing poetry changed your delivery? Um, has it, have you started to write different for performing or has your writing style stayed the same since you started? Um, I now, some things I write and I be like, oh my God, I can't wait to perform this. And then I realize that they're just written pieces. Mm. Like they're better off as written pieces, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't know when I start writing. Like it could be anything, literally. It could be anything. I just looking at it like, uh. Maybe like I, this would be cool if I said it out loud or not, or not, or not. Or it's not. fine. We'll see. One of those. Um, what or who inspires you? Um, who helps you um get to finish that poem? Who helps you get up in the morning? Who helps you keep pushing? Okay, so this is gonna be a lot of different answers. So, uh, <laughs> when I started, it was 
definitely like my hobby. So I never really like needed a push. It was just something. Okay. So I never really needed a push. It was just like, oh, I'm working. Oh, it's moving. It's fluctuating. Then it was my poetry team for sure. Cause it was, hey, prompts, um, smooth, like, like runs the group. And it's so cool because he like the way he pushes us, like I'm from New York. If y'all don't hear all the Bronx in my in my accent, but oh yeah, we hear. Yeah, definitely. So I'm from New York. So like, smooth. Like he'll text us, and he like, yo, I'm not gonna lie, y'all trash. Like I don't even know. Like and they'll be like, <laughs> what? Like, like we didn't even say nothing. Like, yo, group chat be silent. I won't lie. Like it literally go. I won't lie. Y'all really trash. Like I I walk on all y'all. Who me? Not now. It's an argument. Me? You can't walk on me. And then he'd be like, come on, don't do that. And that now you gotta write a poem so you can walk on smooth. Like, like really, that's gotcha. that's definitely that's definitely been that. Um, I lost a lot, a lot of motivation just due to a lot of deaths. Like in the past th- two years, actually, I've lost my uncle, I've lost my grandma, I've lost my aunt. So yeah, I went on like a real big, crazy like hiatus from like October really to like a week ago. Uh, cause I was just, I, I thought that I wasn't going to do it anymore. Like I was just like, Hey guys, I told my poetry team, I told my manager, like, I was just like, guys, I, it's, I can't do it. I can't write. Um, I'm in charge of my family and I, I don't mean to say this like in a bad way. And I don't want nobody to go out there and be like, why would your family make you do that? I'm really good with words. So usually I'm in charge of obituaries, mm-hmm. but when it's obituaries of your family, it's different so much more out of you and then uh, as a compliment to the obituary the ending program is always a poem that i write for my family so Mm. i wrote one for my uncle i wrote one for my grandma i wrote one for my aunt and by the time i got to my grandma's poem i was like i I couldn't write for like two months and then i was frustrated because i've never been through that so it was like, okay, guys, I can't. Like, and they were like, you can't say you can't get up. Like, stop putting yourself in that predicament. You're you're hurting, and you have to take time to cope. But I didn't want to hear that. I wanted to go. I can write because writing is usually what what helps me feel better. So if I can't do what helps me feel better, how am I supposed to get through it? Like, it it was really frustrating. But again, I have so many amazing people in my corner. Um, my best friend invites me over to his house, and he's like, hey, sit down, watch some TV, chill out, eat. Uh, don't think about it, eat, and we'll figure something out. So definitely amazing, amazing, amazing. Wow. So um, Kalia said, Shay, I love your fire. Hey! You put an exclamation point, so I just wanted to make sure love you it, love it. it. <laughs> uh, Marie said, uh, I want to hear my unborn son, please. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So if I do that, I have to do uh, another poem. Is that okay? Fuck yes. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. To my unborn black son. I want to start this poem with, I'm sorry, but that's not because I think I will fail you. I just don't necessarily know how to raise you in a member KKK. I don't know how to save you from your skin color or the proper way to stop your blood from being splattered on concrete or when a group of people hate you before you can even breathe. But I think that you're finally old enough to understand the truth. 
And I know that you don't understand because I have yet to breathe life into you. But every day I am going to walk you home from school. I'll never allow you to play the corner with the rest of these fools. You will only go to private school because what happens when the world doesn't see you like I do? If a cop sees you and thinks that putting a four or five to the back of your head is easier than allowing your life to continue or you're walking home from school and they think that your hoodie identifies you, what do you think I should do? When you stand six two, and I tell you to stand tall because the world wants to see the beauty in you, when the truth is they're trying to figure out how to Sean Bell you before you even reach 22, I don't want to raise you in fear. And I'm not really good at mathematics, but statistics show that black men only make up 3% of extreme sports. And when asked, why don't they join? They say being black is its own extreme sport. How can I protect you? History shows that black men have no value. So how am I supposed to teach you that you are a king if the world continues to crush you? To my unborn black son, what happens when you bring Sally home and she says that she likes her men covered in chocolate too? And her parents think that your skin color is the start to her rebellion issues. When they see your name across paper and they use you as a way to embrace diversity standpoint. When kids ask you, do you live at home with your father too? To my unborn black son, no. I do not know how we will tackle these issues, but I do know one thing. I love you. We'll do them together. What the fuck? <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh my God. Uh, Marie said, fucking amazing. So glad I asked. Uh, Claudia said, trying to figure out how to Sean Bell you before 22. That's my shay. Um, yes. Fire. I have goosebumps. Yeah. Yo, I, your skin color is. I, I just want to say, I feel like you're the only person that gets that line. I feel like when I say that line, people laugh, but like, your skin color is the start to her rebellion issues. Like, yo, thank you, thank you. I yes. just thank you because I, I feel like when I say it, people be like, huh? And I'll be like, what don't you, him being black, her dating black guys? It's so, it's so, phase, like, phase. <laughs> it's like generations in one fucking line. Like, it is amazing. I love that line. Love that line. Thank you. Me too. It's actually my favorite line. That and um, being black is its own extreme sport. How can I protect you? That, uh, yes. I thought that I I, I really enjoy um, look, like little sprinkles of statistics and poets and poems. So I really, really enjoyed that. Like the 2% being black is extreme enough. It is. Like, I, I'm good. Don't need to test the fate. Definitely. I'm good. Definitely. Um, okay. Marie said the white girl in me gets it. <laughs> thank you marie thank you um so i it's either like i have this poem called four brothers but i also have like the last time we slept together so i always like you you gotta you gotta pick between those whatever one you want to hear after. okay four brothers or what the last time we slept together Ooh, one is salacious and one is just makes me very inquisitive um i always go inquisitive i always want to know more okay <sighs> so the last time we slept together, we created a baby. And although I never met her, I know she is as beautiful as the eyes can see. And although our eyes never intertwine, I knew she was exactly what I need. But I had to sacrifice her to the sky for greater things. But I know for a fact that our daughter had 
your smile and my laugh and your eyes and my cheeks no your hands and my feet she had my soul but your needs i knew she just wasn't meant to be because you see her father and me we were star-crossed lovers from different parts of the sea shattered by reality two different sides of the earth but so stuck on believing love would set us free the last time we laid in bed together you know i think i felt our daughter fill up inside of me and i know that no one's ever been a father to you so it was a gamble to even believe that you wanted her too, but you could never understand that she was more than just you to our daughter. You were created in between temporary needs under temporary sheets. You, beautiful girl, were created of tragedy, but still the greatest creation to me. The last time we laid in bed together, you know, you kissed on my insecurities. You stroked my self-esteem. You fucked away the emotions we don't never express verbally. You ejaculated your dreams into me. Mm. As you fucked on a wish that one day you could be loved too. So in a way, our daughter was as much as my dream as yours too. I think you loved her too. This is the last time we will ever be in bed together because I think that you need to hear this. And if you're hearing this, this means that our daughter, she never came to exist. This means that when I sacrificed her, I tied all your morals with her too. So the day that I lost her, I've lost everything I've ever felt for you. This is the last time. We will ever be in bed together because just like my daughter, you are now going to. I am Shay. I'm up to turn this goddamn mic fucking laptop off, man. Lord have mercy. Okay. Um, sacrifice to the sky. Fucking ow. Just that line is the way it's delivered. It's just my personal um feeling. Uh the way it's delivered, it feels so punchy and matter of fact, but behind it is so much pain. Like you can, you can, if you dig deep, you can definitely see the pain. And then you can see that just, I can't deal with that right now. So I'm just going to keep going with this poem. Like that's, that's just my personal, what I, what I feel. Um, yeah. Star-crossed lovers from different parts of the sea. You better stop. You better stop. No, don't ever stop. You're fucking amazing. Don't ever stop. <laughs> don't ever stop. Oh my gosh. Um, and kissed on my insecurities. I felt that like as a 37-year-old woman, <laughs> I forget. Um, definitely had different partners who having them hold you in just a certain way just kind of makes the the pain go away, but it's only ever temporary. And I get that feeling in that line. Like that, I get like lifetimes of relationships in that line. That is a wonderful line. Wowzers, what are you made of? That's my next question. What the fuck, what the fuck are you made of? Sugar, spice, and everything nice. No, let me stop. I like that. Uh, <laughs> um, attitude, <laughs> trauma, and love. Hmm. Attitude. attitude. Did you say drama or trauma? Trauma. Attitude, yeah. trauma. And love. Okay. All right. I have one more question for you. No. Um, it might be more than one. Like, we'll see where this question goes. But, <laughs> um, oh, how has your poetry style morphed and changed since you started? Or has it changed at all? Um, definitely changed a lot. Um, I write longer poems. Mm-hmm. When I first started, like, you couldn't catch me anything over a minute. Anything mm. over a minute sounds crazy to me. Like, I was like, nah, I won't be able to. A minute's a long time on stage. A minute's a long time. You know how many words? And I speak fast. So mm. I get out at least 
hundred words, <laughs> at least a hundred words per minute. Like I was like, yeah, y'all wilding. Anything over anything over a minute sounds crazy to me, but I definitely write longer. Um, I definitely feel like my metaphors hit a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely like line up a lot easier, and I, I definitely I love that. I love that a lot. Um, I think I'm more vulnerable. Like, I think before I was only willing to write about my relationship, but like now I write about my life. Um, uh, I write about my dad. Um, I got poems about my mom, my family dynamic, things that have happened in my life, things that have occurred. So, yeah. All right. I lied. I have two more questions. Go ahead. Um, if, um, if someone wanted to do what you're doing, if someone wanted to um, become a poet, be a performance poet, what advice would you give them? Do it. Do, do it. it. Practice. Mm-hmm. Practice like this is something that you love. Do it out of love. I tell people all the time, like, if you do poetry, you do it because you love it. You don't do it, it, it. Trust me, you don't get a lot of money. It ain't nothing that's going to change your life. But it's something that you love. It's something that you're willing to see, see it through. Do it. Practice. Practice around anybody. Like, um, my, my manager used to have me spit randomly on the train. Yes, like, 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 yeah, I don't know if y'all ever been to New York, but you know, they, showtime, ladies and gentlemen, showtime, like, spit <laughs> randomly in front of 50 people I've never seen before. And I feel like that, that definitely is one of the reasons I don't have stage fright, because the worst that the, 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 the subway car could do is boom me off. Hey, stop, ma'am, shut up. Like, <laughs> ma'am, please, no. Ma'am, please, no. <laughs> so, um, first of all, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, your your poetry just is it it hits just different. It just hits different. I love it so much. I really like your delivery. It's so um I don't even know you, but it's I feel like it's so like, you. Like I I think that is the markings of um a great artist. You know, it not that anyone can do poetry, but a lot of people can do poetry to make it look and sound good. Yeah. Lots of people can do that. But I your poetry is different. Like we see parts of your soul and your words. Like we can, you take us on journeys. You know, it's not just a story. Like we're on this path with you. And I think that's the markings of a great poet. So thank you so very much for being here with us today. You are phenomenal. So uh, my very last question, um, I want to make it weird because I like weird shit. Go ahead. Okay. Um, So let's say you're on an elevator and there are, 13 floors. You are at the top floor. Uh-huh. At, at thir- floor 13. There's 13 um, lighted buttons and you're in the elevator, 13 lighted buttons. And then there's another button that says, do not touch. And you're trying to get home. Which button do you do you hit? The one that says, do not touch. Right? How could you not? That's because it's just something wrong with me. I just, I gotta, I gotta do deficiency. I got a defiance issue. <laughs> I don't like being told what to do. It throw me off. So now I feel like I got to touch it because if I don't touch it, I'm going to spend the rest of my time going home like, damn, I wonder what the button could do. What if it would have teleported me home? See? It could do that. It might be able to do that. Is your button. I believe it. I believe it too. You do whatever you want with the button. Thank you, Spades Mama. Yes. You amazing. And just on my messages, and I seen it. Thank you, mommy. That's amazing. I had her on uh, a couple weeks ago on my yeah, other show. I watched. 
I watched. Yes, she was amazing. Mommy is amazing. Mommy's amazing. She's 25. She's what? She's 25. She, just looked, looked that's what I thought. That's what I, I, I never seen no mama like that. She just when she was like, yeah, my son, like Spades is my son. I was like, that's a grown ass man. What you mean that's your I son? I was trying to figure it out too. Spades like this, my mama. Spades ain't no way. Because I met Spades first. That's how I met his mom. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Spades ain't no way. That's your mama. Like, I, I see you. You got to be at least 25. This woman is only 26. So that don't add up, Spades. That doesn't, that's not a You're thing lying. that can happen. You're lying. And he was like, yeah. no, this is my mama for real. And I was like, that's crazy. I'm going to need them papers, bro. Right. I need, I'm gonna need to see the papers. Something. But you want to know what it is? Mommy's amazing. Mommy's mm -hmm. amazing. Spades is amazing. Shout out to them. They're amazing people. And, you know, black don't cracking. That's just what yeah. it is. That's just what yeah. it is. That's just what it is. I'm just saying. I got carded today for a bottle of wine. I was I broke my fucking arm getting that shit out. I was like, what? Did you just card me? First of all, I, like I go to the same club all the time. I won't lie to y'all. And they card, I think like the bouncer just does it now to be funny. The guy like cards you because every time he looks at me, he like, what is it, 16? Then he start rubbing on my ID. Is it fake? Is it fake? Mister, I'm 23 years old now. If you don't give me what I asked you for. <laughs> Pay taxes out this bitch. Right, like I be taking my money. Give my, give my honey. Leave me alone. Damn it! All right, y'all. Um, Shay, could you tell everyone where they can find you and how they can support you? Oh my God, you can find me at Shay Dot the Poet. Oh, right. Is it this way? Yeah, this way, right? Yeah, I got it. All right, Shay Dot the Poet on IG on Facebook. I'm gonna do a better job of posting more things on Facebook because I don't. I just be talking shit. So excuse me. <laughs> If you want to see me just talk shit, you can find me there. If you want to see me on Twitter, really talk shit, uh, Twitter is where to find me. If you just want to see me not be Shay the Poet and just be Shay, Twitter is where to find me. Um, I'm also on TikTok. I throw my stuff on TikTok. So literally, you can find me anywhere as Shay Dr. Poet. That's all you got to do is type them. And I boop pop up. Boop pop up. Oh, boop. my gosh. Um, your poetry is absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing your talents with us. Thank you for having me. Again, I apologize for, for my lateness. I promise you, I, I really, like, you sent me the message, and I was like, I never got this link. And then I was like, and then as soon as you sent me the link, my manager sent me the link, like, hey, look. And I was just like, okay, well, okay, I'm coming. I'm ready. I, I, I'm just happy to have you here. Thank you, thank you so no much. No worries. All okay. right, y'all. Uh, make sure you follow her on all the socials and uh, re-listen to this podcast, which will be up tomorrow afternoon, and you can rehear all of her amazing poetry. Please support her. You have a... Um, an apparel line, right? Yes. So my my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful podcast, which is if you go to my IG, it's literally like in my IG bio. So you don't even gotta like click on all the stuff I'm telling you. Right. It's the Birds in the Woods podcast. So we have like Birds in the Woods gear. We have um uh windbreakers. We got hats. We got sweatsuits now. Whoop, whoop. We got stuff for your baby. So if you want to put your baby in some merch <laughs> for your, your dog, all that. Put the baby in the merch. We got socks. Put some merch. Can't go wrong with the socks. Can't get, baby needs socks. Baby Babies needs socks. socks. Baby needs socks. You need socks. Let's just all get a pair. That's all. I'm Everybody doing. get some socks. Everybody Make sure you socks. support this poet. Okay, being a poet is a life choice. It does <laughs> not pay well. So please support <laughs> this right. poet. Okay, it's hard to uh, share your feelings and get paid for it as well. Um, thank you so much, man. I just Ew. amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Uh, remember, hurt people hurt people. So keep an eye on your pain. Stay safe. Godspeed. See you next week. Deuces. And uh, go Yankees. All day.